Brilliant. Well, good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it is really uh, a great privilege to be able to uh, be here again this morning and to share with you and, uh, yeah, to, uh, to share with you what we've been sharing with the young people. You know, as, as a parent, I'm always uh, keen to know what they've been taught, particularly when they were younger, or what they were learning. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we do um, at Sports Reach is we're open with what we share. We're sharing good news, what we believe is good news, and putting good values into the hearts and lives of these young people. But what we share isn't just for the young people, it's for everybody. It's good news that everybody needs to hear. And the theme that we've been looking at this week has been, who is Jesus? And looking at, uh, you know, what does the Bible tell us about Jesus? What can we know? What can we learn about the Lord Jesus Christ? And we've, we've been doing memory verses with the, uh, the children. I don't know whether they've been uh, coming home and telling you the memory verses that we've been doing. Um, should we do them all together? Should we do them at the start? We'll work through them. Yeah? Why are you shaking your head the wrong way? <laughs> okay, first one. Who's going to set us off? Jesus said, all together, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 13, verse 6. Okay, who wants to set us off on the second one? Why is Mikey pointing at Harry? <laughs> this is trustworthy saying that everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 16. Brilliant. And the third one. I think the third one is probably the most well known of all. Okay, should we do it all together? Even adults can join in with this one. I'm sure a lot of you will know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 16. And a lot of them have learnt those three memory verses, but we also gave them the challenge of learning a longer memory verse. Now, when we do the short memory verses, the church provides a small chocolate bar, Mars bar, or whatever, something like that, that goes in with the T-shirts, and a lot of these will be getting those at the end. But when they do the long memory verse, it means Sue and myself have to go to the supermarket and buy a bigger bar of chocolate. Now, you lot here have been real rotters. Because at some places, we maybe have to buy three or four bars of chocolate. Last night, Sue emptied the shelves at Tesco. I think we ended up with 25 bars of chocolate for the long memory verse. But um, it's fantastic that young people want to learn. I think they do it for the chocolate as well, but that they want to learn the Word of God. Can we do the long memory verse? Those of you who know it, are you going to help me out with it? Because I haven't got it written in front of me, so that's a bit, unless I put my glasses on and I can see it. No, it's not in my notes. Right, Ruth, you come up here and help me as well in case I go wrong. <laughs> Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we gave everybody a bookmark as well, so it's all there on the bookmark. Okay, should we do it all together? Set us off, Ruth. Now, when 
Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? They replied, they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, I you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 16. Thank you, Ruth. <laughs> if, if I went wrong a little, it's because you know, I've learnt it in a different version to what we had it on the bookmark. That's my excuse. But we, we looked at Jesus asking his disciples the question, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Because at that time, as Jesus was going around doing his earthly ministry, there was a lot of things happening. And we're going to look at some of those things in a moment. And, but it was a topic of conversation amongst the people. The topic of the conversation was all about who this person Jesus was. And, and that's why he asked the question, who do men say that I am? Some said John the Baptist, some Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But then Jesus made it very personal. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and he said, you are the Christ, the promised one, the one that God promised to send, the son of the living God. You know, I don't know whether you remember the game, Guess Who? Any of you guys play Guess Who? Yeah? Older ones, have you played Guess Who? Brilliant. I'm glad you're still alive and awake at the back. But Guess Who is, it's a game, isn't it, where... You know, you choose one person, your opponent chooses one person, and you know, you ask questions to work out who, who it is. And you might ask questions like, you know, um, are they wearing a red jumper? Are they wearing a scarf? Have they got long hair, short hair, no hair? And you, know, and you work out who it is. You describe that person. And then a little bit as well, you know, if we're trying to describe someone to someone else, we, we do similar, don't we? You know, if he wanted to describe, uh, I've heard Graham described in this way, if he wanted to describe him to someone in Carforth, he's that guy who often you see him going down the street in Carforth with a football under his arm and he heads to the playing fields at Carforth and, and runs around the field playing football. And if I said that to some people in Carforth, they'd know immediately who we were describing. But we describe people by what they look like, but more importantly by what their life is like, or by what they do. And this week, we've looked at who is Jesus. Who is Jesus? And why are we still talking about this man called Jesus over 2,000 years after he was here on earth? And one of the reasons is, is that his, his birth was like no other. You know, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ was like no other. You know, he... Um, it was prophesied hundreds of years before he was born, where he would be born. It was prophesied even what he would be called hundreds of years before. It was prophesied what his life would be like, what he would do. And we are still celebrating his birth today, over 2,000 years later. You know, I wonder if we went out into the street or if I came round here and asked you, who do you say Jesus is? 
or who is Jesus, we might get a lot of different answers. Some might say, well, he was a good man. Some might say he was a religious teacher. Some might say he was the son of God. Some might say he's my saviour, my Lord, my friend. Some may even say, well, he didn't exist. You know, the fact that we still celebrate his birth over 2,000 years later is proof that he existed. And actually, there's more historical evidence that the Lord Jesus Christ existed than any other historical figure. More documental historical evidence that he existed. We looked at who he is, but we looked at his birth and we looked at what did he do. And Jesus performed many, many amazing miracles. And we looked at a lot of those miracles. Guys, can you hands up and give me some of the miracles that Jesus did? Yes, Arthur. He walked on water, Chloe. He fed 5,000 plus, because that was 5,000 men plus women and children. Let's go. Yes, Bobby. He did. He baptized, baptized some people, didn't he? Yes. Turned water into wine. Oh, is that what you were going to say, Jacob? Yeah. Yeah, he cured the ill. He calmed the storm, yeah. He raised people from the dead. There were loads of things that Jesus did because his life was like no other. Everywhere that Jesus went, he did good. He healed people, gave sight to the blind. He cured those who were paralyzed. His life was like no other. His teachings were like no other. Now you think of the things that Jesus taught. Jesus said, love your enemies. You know what a different place society would be if people loved one another. If people loved those that they struggled to get along with, the world would be a lot different place. He said, love one another, love your enemies, do good to those who mistreat you. And you know, his life and teachings are still affecting this world today. I thought it was fantastic what Reuben said in his interview. You know, Jesus gives his purpose. And Jesus' teachings give us purpose in our life. Jesus offers us peace. He offers us forgiveness. You know how many people struggle with guilt because of things that have happened to them in the past or things that they've done in the past. They're living in guilt and in fear. How many people struggle to sleep at night, struggle from anxiety, struggle from depression because of fear, because they've not got the peace of God in their hearts and their lives. And Jesus offers us all these things. But then we looked at why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus die? You know, if he was the son of God and so powerful, why did Jesus allow himself to be nailed to that cross? And why did Jesus die on that cross? You know, it's a simple question, but there's a simple answer. Because just like his birth was like no other, and his life was like no other, his death was like no other. And Jesus died on that cross. And the reason he died was he died there for you and for me. He died on that cross because he loves you and because he loves me. He died on that cross that we can be forgiven. He died on that cross so that we can come back into that relationship with him that God intended for mankind to have from the very, very beginning. 
He died that our sin, our greatest problem might be dealt with and that we can be completely forgiven. Now the problem when we start talking about sin is sometimes it gets people to go, well, I'm, you know, I'm a good person. And how often I've heard people say, well, I believe if you live a good life, you'll be, you'll be all right. You're, my good will outweigh my, my bad and I'll, God will let me into heaven because he's a God of love. And sometimes we start comparing, don't we? And we start saying, well, you know, if you want to see somebody really bad, you need to go and speak to so-and-so down the road because their life, their, their life is so bad. I haven't really done anything bad. But the Bible teaches us that we've all sinned. And we don't have to look very far into our own hearts to realize that, yeah, we have all sinned. We've all told lies. We've all cheated. We've all stolen. Even if it's not, you know, I'm not talking about robbing a bank. But even if it's pinching sweets from your sister or your brother, we've all done those things. And the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, maybe to give you an idea of, of what sin is about and what, how God looks at sin... You know, we sometimes look at sin and we're looking at it like we're looking at a, a landscape. And you see different sized buildings. You maybe see a, a bungalow and a, a two or three story house or then a block of flats. And we sometimes view sin, well, I'm not a bad person. I'm like that bungalow. I'm only, a, you know, I haven't really done anything very bad. But so and so, they're like that block of flats, the way they've lived their life. But you know, God doesn't view our lives like that. God, in effect, takes the aerial view. And when he looks down, he doesn't see how high the buildings are. He sees the footprint of the building. And whether you're a bungalow or a skyscraper, he looks down and sees that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, I want you to imagine that the bus stop in Carnforth and there's a bus going to Lancaster and it leaves at 11 o'clock every morning. The only bus that goes. Okay, and I want you to imagine Dave Carter. We all know Dave Carter. Give us a wave, Dave. You know, Dave, he is a guy, he's punctual. He's a real good guy. And he knows he needs to be on that bus. So off he goes, out the house, and nothing is going to stop him. And he gets the but he's just misjudged. His watch was just slightly slow. He gets to the bus stop just to see the bus pulling away from the bus stop. And he's missed it. Now, he is absolutely devastated. You know, definitely thought he'd have been on the bus. He thought he'd have got there in time. And he stays there at the bus stop. And, you know, 10 minutes later, Ian comes bombing along. And, you know, Ian, not quite as organized as Dave, and there's just one or two things that he needed to do before he went out of the house. And, and Ian comes rushing up. Brilliant. I haven't missed the bus because Dave is here. And Dave is spot on. He never misses the bus. He's such a top quality guy. And Ian comes up to Dave. Brilliant, Dave. Hey, are you going to Lancaster on the bus? Fantastic. We can chat on the way. And Dave goes, Ian, what are you on about, mate? He says, the bus has gone. He says, what? It's gone? Yeah, yeah. You're 10 minutes late, Ian. He said, I saw the bus leave. And then Christy. So where's Pastor Christy? Up at the back somewhere. You know, Christy, he's 
100 of things that he needs to do. And he, he's, he knows that when the bus goes, but, you know, he's rushing around doing things. Uh, he's going out of the, the new church building and he's like, oh, did I set the alarm? Did I do this? And he, he's, he arrives at the bus stop 30 minutes late. But Ian and Dave are still there. And Christy sees them there and he goes, oh, wow. You know, I know the bus. I'm in time. I knew I was going to get on the bus because Dave's still here. He's a top man in the church. Ian, you know, does a fantastic job here. I know that if they're there, I'm safe. I'm going to be on the bus. And he comes up. He's great. Hiya, hiya guys. Brilliant. I'm going to ride on the bus with you into Lancaster. And Ian goes, Christy, mate, you're too late. The bus has gone. You're 30 minutes late. What? I don't believe it. And Ian thinks this is a chance to get one over on your senior pastor. <laughs> Christy, you're 30 minutes late. I only missed the bus by 10 minutes. Now, Dave can see what's going on. So Dave says, guys, I'm better than both of you. Christy, you missed it by 30 minutes. Ian, you missed it by 10. Hey, I saw the bus leave. That's how close I was. But the question is, are any of them on the bus? Not one of them. And the, you know, the illustration is that it doesn't matter how good we think we are, we'll never be good enough. Because we've fallen short of the glory of God and God's standard is perfection. God's standard is perfection. And not one of us can be on that bus, as it were, only through Jesus. Why did Jesus die? He died so you and I can be forgiven. He died so we can have a new start. He died because he wants to give us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These things you can't find in the world. The world will promise them. But as Reuben said, there's no point looking anywhere else. Because you'll only find these real things and true fulfillment in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus come? This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, to save you and me. Who do people say Jesus is? There was a lot of answers flying around, but Jesus went right to the point with Peter. And he said, who do you say that I am? Who do you say Jesus is? Do you know him as your Lord and Saviour? Because the good news is that you can. The good news is, is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save you and I. God gave his only son because he loves you and wants a relationship with you. But it's up to us. We have to take that choice to turn around from the way that we've been living and to ask him to come in and to change our lives. Jesus said, I am the way, the only way to God. Have you begun that way with him? Jesus said, I am the truth. His word is true. You know, sometimes people say the Bible's full of contradictions. Please come and show us after if you think it is. But often when you ask people where, they've never read it. You know, we've offered the young people Bibles. And when you go across to collect the footballs and the netballs and for tea and coffee, there's a table with Bibles on and with literature on. It's all free. 
please help yourself. If you've never read the Bible, please pick up a John's Gospel and take it home and read it. But who do you say that Jesus is? Let's just pray and then I'll hand back over to the guys to lead us in a final song. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the, all the things that we've been able to look at with the young people over this week. And I thank you, Jesus, that you love the little children. You said to your disciples, let the little children come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And Father, I thank you that it's not just for children, but it's for each and every one of us. I thank you, Jesus, that you came, that you existed, that you lived I thank you that you did all those amazing miracles that we read about. I thank you, Father, that Jesus died on that cross in my place, in our place, because of your great love for each and every one of us. And I thank you, Jesus, that you can offer us life, and life in all its fullness, an eternal life, because you rose again and you're alive today. And Father, I pray that you would just speak into the hearts and lives of each and every one here. And if there's any here who have not yet looked into who Jesus is, who cannot answer that question for themselves and say, he's my Lord, he's my Savior, then I pray that this morning they would turn and they would find you and begin to follow you. Father, we thank you for all your goodness to us. We thank you for the good news of the gospel. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.